of the Cherokee Rewind. I am Mick. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, again, it's always a treat and a pleasure, and we can reconnect with guys from the past here, whether they be from the Toledo Cherokee, which is the focus of this podcast, uh, all these this podcast that I do. But from time to time, we're going to sneak in there with some guys from the CSHL, uh, different eras and different teams, just to kind of you know, see things from a different perspective. And that we'll do that every now and then. But right now, we're focusing exclusively on the TC alumni. And this guy goes back about 20 years and goes by the name of Ben Kitzmiller. And we always called him Kitz. So if, uh, if, you, hear me, if you hear me refer to him as such, you know why. And Ben, ben is the pride that was uh, raised in, uh, if I believe, Lambertville, Michigan, and uh, now uh, I'm presuming you're not there now, Ben. Where are you at these days? No, uh, I'm actually living in Elk River, Minnesota now. Oh, so, okay. Hope you'll get back home wow. a decent amount because all the family's still there. So, Okay. Well, uh, now you were originally, like I said, a Lambertville guy, so you were a local guy. Uh, if I remember now, like I said, I'm, I'm decent uh, with the guys. The further back I go the better I am with the guys to remember. If I remember correctly, your jersey number that you wore when you played back then uh, for TC, it was number eight, wasn't it? Yeah, that's funny. Because I, I had to sit there and think. I remember uh, I remember when I first started, uh, I was number 11. And then we had mm-hmm. a veteran come back to the team from uh, the USHL or the NA. He came back, and he was 11, so he got his 11 back, and that's how I ended up with eight. Okay, that's fair funny. enough. And if I remember now, here here's even funnier. If I remember, if I remember now, I could be dead wrong, but if I remember right, you went to St. Francis High School, did you not? I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In that case, thanks for talking to me, Ben. Goodbye. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I say that jokingly because I'm a Central alum, oh, okay. so uh, Toledo Central Catholic. So the 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 rivalry there is uh, is still going strong, but uh, I. I still, you know, I still enjoy, you know, we've had a lot of uh, St. Francis alum play for uh, the Cherokee. Uh, we've even had a head coach from that uh, coach for the Cherokee that is now the head coach at St. Francis. And yeah, those two guys, well, you know them very well. Of course, Chris Varga and, and Brian Kinsella, they have a uh, couple of guys that had a lot of success at the high school level. Uh, going to uh, coaching at St. Francis, which, of course, being your alma mater, I know makes you puff your chest up a little bit. But uh, they were great coaches then. Uh, you know, uh, Chris is still with us, Chris Varga, and he's getting it done at St. Francis still uh, as a as a coach for the hockey team. Now, uh, of course, you know, like I said before, you and I, we had we might be on uh, on the opposite ends of the rivalry, but. Still, the fact remains is that uh, a lot of good people have gone uh, from St. Francis to play uh, with the charity, uh, most notably you. But there's uh, one of your line mates, as a matter of fact, if I remember, uh, Nader Baniak was also a St. Francis alum, was he not? Yeah, he was. We had a few St. Francis guys on that team. Um, Tony Corsini, myself, Nader Baniak, and... uh, Actually, Toledo's favorite son there, Phil Rauch. So oh, yeah. plenty, of, plenty of representation on that team. Yeah, so, you know, and then the Irish, all they had was me. But, <laughs> oh, well, no one's perfect. <laughs> so now let me ask you, let's get to the basics here. I mean, you, how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? And what was it that got your interest in the game? You know, I, I was about four. I got some hand-me-down skates from my uncle, and I remember uh, uh, going to open skate and seeing some of those home movies um, and just falling in love. I mean, I think it's one of those things that, you know, I see it now in my kids. You know, you put skates on them and you take them out there, and, and it's kind of automatic. Um, and from there, um, you know, going into paperweights there at Tam O'Shanter and uh, mites after that, it was just, it's a game that that if you're going to be into it, you're you're hooked from the get go. 
Were you one of those that you saw the Mighty Ducks and that kind of basically sealed the deal for you? Yeah, I think I, I don't know how old I was when that came out, but that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely inspirational at the time. You watch it now, it's a, uh, it's kind of goofy, but um, it's more of a funny movie. But back then, it 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 kind of kind of used it as getting you excited, I suppose. Well, look at it this way: you can show it to your kids, you know, someday, you know, when they uh, when for a movie night or something, and see how let them see how cheesy the flying V was. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, so anyway, do you remember at all, any of the coaches, uh, from your paperweight days at all, or. I, I don't, um, that was a long time ago. You know, I started in paperweights and then, um, mites and, and played for the Slovenia all-stars after that. So stayed Tam O'Shanner for my first few years. And then, um, and then went over to the the ice arena, the classic there, and um, yeah, the old ice house, or yeah, sports arena, yep. And sports then, arena, um, okay, got. Played for the Junior Storm there. I think I was probably in squirts, and I remember still to this day, um, feeling like going from the bench to the ice was about a three foot drop. You know, it yeah. felt like we were just midgets on this rink. But, man, it was fun, especially to play in that rank and the history there. And, and we all looked up to those guys. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, now, granted, I was, I've always said this about – it was our barn, and it, so we loved our barn. But it was one of those things where, I mean, most people wouldn't go there if it was the last nuclear fallout shelter on Earth. But <laughs> it uh, – I mean, the, the the locker rooms were – I mean, for probably for a, a kid your age back then, it was probably fine. But I mean, for adults, a full team of adults to try and go in there, especially the visitors' locker room and the referees' locker room. Oh my God, those things were absolutely atrocious. But kind of what added to the charm, I I guess. Um, all the, I mean, from all the smoking and ten cent beer nights that were there. Oh my gosh, those things were those things were incredible. It was amazing that that place stood. But the one nice thing about it, I mean, I remember anyway, is the is the smaller sheet of ice. I mean, it wasn't regulation. It wasn't uh, two hundred by eighty five. Uh, it it was much smaller, and so it it proved for a much more physical game for the home team. And you know, the, whether it was the blades, the gold diggers, the uh, storm. Uh, they were teams that, I mean, it it suited the personality of Toledo uh, very well. And also the fact that uh, you had over 5,000 fans strong sitting literally on top of you. I mean, the benches, you, you had, uh, you didn't have like a, a big partition and a long way between you and the fan base. I mean, even like the home team, when you turned around behind you, there was somebody's feet right there, right behind you, sitting right behind you, literally. And uh, so, I mean, like I said, it was just a very unique place. And I I loved it as as much as I've said, uh, you know, that it, it just was not the, well, let's put it this way. By today's standards, it was a dump, but. It's, but it was our dump and by God, I loved it. You know, it was just a great place to, to uh, watch a hockey game, play a hockey game. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. You know, like you you always have a lot of fun memories when you think about the sports arena, at least I do. And, uh, you know, but, uh, anyway, so you played, uh, with, uh, the junior storm there. Uh, how many seasons did you play there? I think I was there for probably two seasons and then uh, made my way up to the Detroit Ann Arbor area, played for CompuWay and, and uh, Ann Arbor and moved into AAA after that. Well, tell me about that. I mean, how did you get to uh, move up to CompuWay and start playing up that way? Uh, that's pretty good hockey up there from what I understand. And uh, I mean, were you uh, asked to go up there and play or did you just decide, Hey, I want to, uh, better myself. So if I'm going to do that, I need to go up that way. 
Yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, you know, there was a few guys from the area there and, and, uh, we all played together and it was kind of the peewees was kind of the timeline that if, if you were gonna, if you wanted to take it to the next level, you know, it was once you started hitting, it was, uh, head up to Detroit and see if you could hang with those guys. Cause there was guys, I mean, I remember playing with guys that traveled in for practice from across the line in Indiana and, um, came from all over i mean it was some of the best hockey you could get at the time for sure wow now um i mean when you played it do you remember were there who were some of the guys do you remember any of the guys that you played with at that peewee level i mean did you see them further down the road in your hockey career yeah there was a there was quite a few you know um that you played with or against and and that kind of small world atmosphere that everybody knew knew each other's names and who was getting pursued by other teams and and um you know you meet them down the way in juniors and you definitely met some in college and and even today you know you see some of those guys playing on tv still um so it's pretty neat to have those those experiences and be able to share those memories with the kids you know if we're sitting there watching a hockey game it's yeah, I played with that guy or I played against that guy, you know, maybe we were little, but, uh, but you saw him from the beginning and see where they're at now. It's pretty neat. That's pretty awesome. Now, uh, so you play there and then you go to Ann Arbor. Uh, was that just a natural progression or were you looking for something closer to home? What was it that made you make the jump? Yeah. You know, a big part of that is, is it was, 30, 35 minutes down 23 compared to hitting 75 and, and it taking you an hour for sure to get to practice. Um, so it was a little closer to home. Um, you know, it was, it was good hockey. It was, it was, it made a lot more sense to, to stop there instead of driving an extra half hour, I think was a big part of it. Um, you know, and it was beautiful arena and, and team USA was there and, it was, it oh, was you really play, were you at the Ice Cube? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, so so tell me what it was like uh, when you played there. I mean, did you feel kind of, you know, with Team USA there, did it feel pretty, uh, were you guys all kind of like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say that you're all puffed up, but, I mean, did you play with a little bit more, a uh, little bit more of a, a attitude or something, like for lack of a better term? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, because it was, you know, it it was always in the back of your mind. And, and whether it was true or not, you always thought every time you strapped them on for practice or a game, it was who knows who's walking by the glass, taking a peek at the game. You know, you never knew who was going to be at the rink because of those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, whether they were watching it or not, you always kept it in the back of your head, hoping maybe they would watch it or maybe they saw that goal or or that stop or whatever it was. Uh, that's pretty cool. Now, how long did you play in Ann Arbor? I was there for two seasons, and then uh, um, I had a coach when I was 14 that uh, pushed me to go to some uh, junior B trouts, Metro Jets, actually. He pushed me to go there, and, um, you know, it was one of those things, no expectations, but I was a bigger kid on the team, a little bit more mature, and he, he thought if I was going to go to the next level, I better get a taste of it and see see if I can hang um, toughness wise with those guys. And that was, that was definitely kind of a turning point. Cause that was, um, you know, once I got that experience, it was the excitement, the speed, the physicality. It was, you know, I took my bumps and bruises and came back to, to that team for the season. And um, I felt like I had, I had seen what's next, you know, before getting there. And it was a big, big help uh, getting pushed to do that at an early age. So did you uh, come away with any uh, any any trophies or mementos of uh, being uh, hacked and whacked and everything else there in that camp? Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, I came back to practice. I think I had maybe three, four stitches in my hand and a black eye and. Um, wow. You know, and, and sat down in the locker room and the coach, he was. He was a good influence, but he was fired up about it. You know, if you can go there and survive that, then then you're you're almost ready. And it was neat. 
I mean, it was cool. I was definitely bumps and bruises, but, but it was a lot of fun being pushed at that age. Well, I mean, and plus it, it probably had to be pretty cool going into school, uh, you know, <laughs> and having, <laughs> having that look, all you needed to do was have, uh, maybe take a, a marker or something and black out a couple of your teeth and like complete the ensemble. <laughs> yeah. But and the, now the kids ever ask you in school, you know, about, man, what happened to you? Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, it was uh, more, you know, once we got to the Cherokee. So the next year I went to Toledo, that was, the natural next step I had tasted it up in Metro, but we had the home team there. Um, the Cherokees that, that, you know, like I said, me, Corsini, Ralph, were going to school together and we were pretty good buddies and, um, we all wanted to play for the Cherokees. So we were kind of the Ander Baniac and we were the kind of the group that, um, some guys would come to school or from school and watch us play. And then, and then the stories on Monday before first period spread like wildfire. So, um, it was a ton of fun. I mean, we had a ton of support there and it was really cool having, having a few really good buddies there that, um, we could get through that together. Yep. Now, uh, you talk about, you know, wanting to make that next step. Did you ever, I mean, whether it was in Ann Arbor or in, uh, even before you went to Toledo, was there any inclination or any possibility? Did you entertain any thoughts? of possibly maybe playing high school hockey? You know, um, so I lived in Michigan. Um, so technically you weren't supposed to play for a team on the other side of the line. I did go skate and tryouts. And, and like I said, that group that we had there, we, uh, we got, we got harassed a little bit for not playing for the, for the high school team. You know, guys said, come on, just play for the team, you know, things like that. Um, and yeah, it was definitely tempting because we'd go support those guys. We'd go to the games and cheer them on and, and see the crowds. And it always looked like it'd be a blast, but we knew that, that if, if we wanted to push it to the next level, the Cherokee is where we needed to stay. I mean, that back then, that was really a big deal, wasn't it? When, uh, the, whether or not you were going to play high school or play juniors or any kind of travel, because, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of uh, negativity about kids that didn't play high school that instead played juniors or, you know, triple A or whatever. And it's funny because that you would think they would be all excited about a much higher level, much more skilled level of hockey, but they want them instead to go back and win a state title. I, I never got that. Yeah, and I think part of it was, you know, when we were there, you know, I named four of us that were playing for the Cherokees, but there were that that uh, the year above me and the year behind me and my my class, there was some good hockey players. I mean, that high school team was good, and I think that was a lot of the pressure was we have a lot of talent here. If we could just get everybody together, we would uh, make some serious noise. Well, I, I think, you know, and it's I told this once to a kid that played for us. I don't know if that was during your time or not. Tyler Pillmore? Uh, he was right after me. Yeah, I do know the name, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because Pilly was really upset because when uh, they made it to States, and they were chanting, who needs Pillmore? And someone had their cell phone and recorded it. And oh. He was he was like on the bus. We were on a road trip, and he was he was he was shedding a tear or two. It really hurt him. But I told him, I'm like, just remember, they're competing for a state title, and good luck to them. But you're playing for a national title, okay? And that's that's the difference. They they play for their state title, and you know we'll root for them because that's the right thing to do. But you're playing for a national title. And, um, you know, so and no one can ever take that away from you. So I just, I mean, I it was, it used to be, I mean, it's better now, much better now. And I think it's guys like having Chris Varga, et cetera, there that um, are in the high school ranks right now coaching 
that have helped make the transition a lot better. I mean, guys understand now that, yeah, it's great to have a great high school team. We get that. But if if are you going to really hold a kid back if he's got the talent to play at a higher level? I mean, it, it, that's yeah. really what it is. I mean, you put a, a high school game side by side with a junior game. Oh, my gosh. Please. It, it, it isn't even close. But uh, I just, uh, and like I said, back then it was really a thing and with the, uh, the high school team versus the, the uh, travel. And it, it really, I never, like I said, I never could grasp that. It just, to me, it was ridiculous. But it was what it was back then. It was a thing. So I'm just glad that things are better now. Uh, you know, kids want to get better. So, you know, even if they play high school all the way through, and then make the jump to playing juniors or try to. Because back then, up I'd say right around your era, era, uh, era that's when high school kids, uh, there were uh, you know kids that were able to make that jump. But most of them, if they played strictly house and 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 then high school back then, they could they struggled to make the jump. They were they were all stars on their on their high school teams. You know, they were all, you know, uh, I won't say hot dogs, but they're just, they were, uh, they were all-stars on their high school teams. But when it came to making the jump because of the physicality and everything and the speed of the, of the junior game, it was difficult for them to make that kind of a jump. And it wasn't until like around your era, I mean, guys like, you, you know, you mentioned them, you know, guys like you and Phil Rauch and even in goal with Tony Corsini, you know. Uh, that guy always cracked me up. He was always like the, I always figured he would, he should have been a professional wrestling manager. He would have been perfect <laughs> for that role. Yeah. I try can see to that. set up fights. Yep. Yep. Try to set up fights, try and get other uh, certain guys to go with other guys and, you know, get them to drop the mitts and everything that, that, that was a type. He cracked me up. That kid could talk my ear off and but you know it wasn't it wasn't like one of those oh won't you shut up no he was just such a blast to listen to and he was always so funny and so i i mean him and his dad both are really great people and uh, those are the two of out of the family that i got to you know know the most and uh but tony was just awesome and i i can't say enough good things about him and you know again you know you look at how these kid, these guys, uh, that had to really impact you as far as um, the being comfortable in the locker room. Since you had guys who you knew from before that you knew from school, guys that you knew had your back. That had to be pretty comforting. And yeah, that had to be pretty cool, wouldn't? Didn't it? Yeah, it was neat. I mean, the group of us that that went to school together, and then. Uh... You know, that our, the year ahead of me and the year behind me and my year, there was a lot of hockey guys. So everybody supported each other and, and uh, came to each other's games. You know, I remember going to the high school games, cheering them on, and, and those guys coming out to watch us play. And there was never a, a shortage of stories for Monday morning at school. I mean, we all hung out on the weekends and, and supported each other and just loved the game no matter where they were playing. Yeah, that that had to be a lot of fun. Um, and of course, you had to it it prepared you though for later with all the all the long bus rides uh, going from place to place, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember. Uh, you know, some of the best stories we had were on the bus. Um, definitely uh, strange sleeping arrangements. Guys <laughs> finding different ways to fall asleep. I was always one of those guys that just could never sleep on the bus. So. So I was always sitting up like a zombie and, and seeing these guys cozied up on the floor or stuffed in between the seats or up in the luggage rack, whatever it was. They always seemed to find a way to get comfortable. That was always Ryan Bond, if I remember. He, yep. uh, he always was the one that would be up in the luggage rack, the overhead. He was the only one skinny and tiny enough to fit in there. <laughs> yeah, so, I was always jealous uh, of that. Yeah, you and me both. So that was a pretty inter- interesting first year. Um, the whole 
idea. Tell me about what it was like. Who did you play with that first year? That first year it was, uh, I was playing offense with Urbaniak and Abaglin and we were, um, the three young guys on the team, I think they called us the baby boomer line. And, and man, that was fun. I mean, it was, we were always felt like we were the underdogs, but we, we, we had a lot of production that year and, um, it was just a blast playing with those guys. Well, I mean, your I mean, was your role, I mean, your role was basically to be the protector, uh, being that you were the big physical guy, but yet you still were able to put in the puck in a time or two and had uh, uh, some assists and stuff. So I think that, I mean, do you think that benefited you as far as for further down the road, even though you were like kind of there to be the muscle, but being around two skill guys on the same line, it helped. Do you think it helped you as far as uh, being able to play at a higher level after? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think I was, like you said, I was the guy that was, that was digging in the corners and, and supposed to be the first one banging in the corners and getting the puck to those playmakers. But at the same time, you know, that, it was like karma would come right back around because if you were in the right spot, they were going to make a play to you. So I definitely benefited from it for sure. Now, uh, who were the who were the like the wacky guys on, on that team that year? The practical <laughs> jokers. Yeah, um, you know I might get get the first and second year mixed up here. I'm not sure, but uh, you know we talked about Corsini. He was always a goofball. Uh, I don't remember if Bart Reeves was in the first year and the second year or just the second year. Um, He was definitely one of those. Ryan Bond, um, John Sitton, everybody always had uh, playing jokes. You know, Timmy Werner, he was on that team. He was always a good time. Tom Higgins, all those guys, we just had a blast together. Can't ask for more than that. You know, I mean, when you you can bond that, that, comfortably with those type of guys um it, it it's i mean you become brothers essentially you become brothers as you uh, you know when you go to that level and you're able to produce and be successful it really tightens the bond between you guys i would think absolutely yep yeah we were really a close team both years really yeah so you know um so who, I mean, thinking about it now, who were some of the uh, guys in that second year that you guys, uh, that you played with, that you remember that were pretty cool? Seemed to keep, you know, the first line was uh, the skilled guys, and the second line you started getting grittier and grittier as you went down. Um, but it seemed to switch up quite a bit and trying to find what worked. Okay. Um, now, uh, do you don't remember though, any of the individuals that you played with by chance on the same line? I, you know, I, I want to say I was on a line with Reeves for a little while. I was on a line with Higgins for a little while, um, Siple for a little while, but I don't remember who, who, which line lasted the longest. Oh, that's all right. I mean, did you play with, uh, Abby at all? Corey Abaglin? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We played together for that might have been one of the longer line mates. Now that you mentioned that, I completely forgot about that. Yep. Uh, yeah, Abby, he was a local guy from Perrysburg. And uh, I remember that about him and his uh, really swell parents, really nice parents. Uh, he, um, trying to remember, of course, I haven't seen him since since those days. I knew he went to college, I think down at Ohio State or something, or Ohio, one of the two. I just, I, I haven't, I haven't heard from him since, so I couldn't tell you, but uh, uh, a good guy. He was always, in, he was always good to me. And like I said, his folks were absolutely wonderful. Um, then, you know, you talked about Higgy. And of course, I've known Higgy for uh, his family forever. You know, his mom, his, uh, his brother, you know, his dad, real well. His dad's a real, uh, and I get along very well. Um, and court, uh, I was trying to think of who else. Sipes, Sipes, Austin Sipel. I've got a lot of good memories from playing and probably, you know, as tough as he was, and he was somebody you did not want to mess with hands down. 
you know, he's the, and the problem that the reason people did was they thought they could get, take advantage of him was because he was so nice. He was a genuinely nice human being, but on the ice, if you messed with him, you paid for it. Cause, uh, I'll never forget the fight, uh, with the brawl, the, uh, brawl with Dubuque. Uh, he, uh, somebody, I think he was fighting two guys or was that Jr. the goaltender? I can't remember which, but, the, uh, I think Austin had ended up fighting two different people and beat the living snot out of both of them. And they were both bigger than him and were both, I mean, they were like, uh, the tough guys on the team for Dubuque and he just no problem. Bam. Just dropped him. That was that was Austin Seipel for you. Like I said, and I've gotten to, I got to know him a little bit in his, uh, later on in his work life and, uh, absolutely probably one of the most gentle, kindest guys you'll ever want to meet. But again, he's got a right hand that'll drop you. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got a right. Hand, I mean, but he does, you know, like I said, he's very, uh, kind hearted, very gentle, uh, just a real sweet guy. And uh, couldn't say enough good things about him. And it's funny, be, you know. Like I said, you don't expect for say that about a hockey player being a, a good guy, gentle, and things like that. That's Austin, though. He's just a real kind-hearted guy. And like I said, though, he don't mistake that for him not being able to take care of business. And that's how he was on the ice when he played in Toledo. So I mean, um, it you know, I it's funny. Like I said, it's just funny. But now the you know you talk about the, all those different guys and of course Bart Reeves, a, a um, toughest fighter in the CSHL at what five eight five nine, hundred and forty five pounds soaking wet, yep. and yet he was he was the toughest kid, the toughest fighter in the CSHL bar none, and especially at, in his last year. I mean people. People find out about you quick and it, it, and it's, you know, I mean, yeah, you had the internet and everything, but still the point is, is that when people fought Bart, you knew he was not someone that you were going to mess with. So he was, I mean, he's a guy that, and again, another really nice guy off the ice. He's funny, you know, a great kid, you know, I ran into him at, we were at, uh, we had a, a Herster Cup or Gold Cup, whatever it's called, uh, in Peoria, I think it was. And uh, one year after his career was done with at Toledo and ran into him and his wife. And he was her girlfriend. I care. I, maybe both. I hope both. Anyway, she was there with him. And they, they came up and talked to me and one of the coaches. And uh, we were talking and stuff about everything. And uh, he just, like I said, Nice as can be good guy. You know, we were laughing about some memories and stuff and things, but just like I said, uh, that's the one nice thing I remember about back then. Some really good quality guys that came out of that era. And you obviously I'm talking to one of them. Um, now when you finished playing that second year, did you have, um, what were you thinking about as far as where you wanted to play next? Yeah, well, that was right after um, the Ice Diggers moved up to Alpena. And um, mm-hmm. so that was, you know, obviously there was some familiarity there um, and with Kenny Miller and stuff like that. So that was kind of the obvious next step, um, you know, and they, they talk to you before that and get you up to camp and things like that. So that's where I ended up for a couple of years and um, with Kenny and Kelly both up there. So, I mean, tell me what that was like uh, with all the, especially all the travel you have to do there because the nearest away game, the closest one to you was like, what, six hours? Um, well, Traverse City had a team, so that was about two and a half maybe. Oh, but okay. Other than, that, other than that, I think Marquette would have been next, and that, that always felt like a long drive for sure. But uh, yeah. that was a whole new experience. I mean, you know, living at home, um, playing for the home team, things like that. And then going up there, I, I finished high school up there and, um, 
makes you grow up quick. I mean, there's a you experience a lot of things that that you uh, weren't prepared for. Nobody warned you about, and you had to kind of figure it out pretty dang quick. Yeah, I bet. Now, when you uh, when you were in in Alpena, did you? Uh, I mean. I mean, it's great. You don't have to pay for your hockey and everything, but still, the idea is how did, how hard was it to? Um, did you combat the homesickness? Uh, were you? I mean, that had to be rough, especially for your folks if they wanted to see a play on a weekend. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, you get homesick, but at the same time, you there's so much excitement going around. I mean, it was the the team was brand new. Everybody was excited. They were there, and there was a lot going on. So it was. Man, it was a ton of fun. The rink, you know, if we were playing well, the rink was packed and and you had tons of support. It was neat. Okay, that's a pretty awesome. Now, I was going to say because that's the only show in town. There's really nothing else to do as far as <laughs> entertainment choices. I, I I don't mean that as a slander of the Al, Al, Alpinas, uh, you know, up there, but uh, it's just the idea that um, or the Alpini or whatever they're called, but uh, Alpinans, I guess, but. <laughs> Still, it's just the idea that there's no, you know, I mean, they don't have like minor league baseball. They don't have, uh, you know, minor league hockey or anything else other than high school sports, I imagine. But so you guys are kind of basically the rock stars of the area, I would guess. Was that pretty cool? I mean, uh, being able to go around town and get, have uh, people ask you for your autograph? It was, it was, it was really cool. I mean, it's, you know, that town was, I couldn't picture a better town to have a junior A team like that. I mean, they just, the support was awesome. And then being in high school was a whole nother, I mean, you just never heard the end of it. If you, there was a good game or you got in a scrap or something happened, you know, everybody would be talking about it and, and talking to you about it. It was neat. I mean, it was, um, we definitely thought we were a bigger deal than we were looking back on it, but it was a ton of fun at the time. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I have no idea. I don't even know if Alpina even has a team anywhere now. Um, but, I mean, it's too bad because I thought it was a good market. I mean, the, the fan base there is rabid. They're starved for uh, – it's just that where they're located and, and the in terms of a loop that they could be a part of, that I mean, that has to be pretty rough. Yeah, so I think I, moving to – some town in Texas, I think the team got sold or um didn't they originally move to like somewhere up here, like Marquette or something like that after their team folded? And then uh, I think they ended up you're right. I think they ended up going to Texas. I, I can't remember. I'm sure someone who listens to this will tell us. But <laughs> um uh, I, I just I all I know is that it's just too bad because if there was a, a loop, a smaller loop that could include in that area that could include Marquette, whether it's the Sioux, uh, you know, maybe Traverse city, that kind of, you know, all of that. Um, they've got a, uh, potential to, you know, be a successful franchise there. But again, it's just because of where they're located. I mean, you're up in the right tip of, uh, was that Lake Michigan? Here yeah, on, like, no. or here on, you're right. You're right. Here on. Michigan's the West. What I'm directionally challenged, Ben. It's okay. Anyway, uh, but uh, just the idea that um, so and, and that's beautiful up there too. The, the lake and every all that area right in there is beautiful. All I remember though about when I went there, we played the we played the Ice Diggers in a exhibition game on a weekend. They had a couple of teams up there, and we, we were one of them, and we played up there and. The only thing I remember is that the Holiday Inn uh, was like Grand Central for like ha the hangout to go party, regardless. I mean, like for the city. I don't mean just the hockey people. I mean, like for the locals. You you went there and they were blasting out. Uh, let's, well, let's just put it this way. The mullet still thrives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they blasting out 80s classic rock. And that's and this was when you know, like I said, early to mid two thousands, okay. And they still, that's what that's what worked there. 
So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but now, uh, did you have to make any adjustments to your game when you played up there with uh, for Kenny Miller and, and Kelly Miller? Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, because when I was on the Cherokee, they, uh, I played offense. So I was a def- defenseman my whole life, and then they wanted me to play offense at the Cherokee. And then um, went back, went up to Alpena and, and dropped back to defense again. Um, so that was definitely an adjustment. I mean, being at that level, <clears throat> having played defense for a couple of years, um, the speed was different. It was definitely keep your head up and move your feet um, right away. You learn it pretty quick. And no question about it. So, um just a few more things here before I let you go. Uh, you finished playing there. Where does the Ben Kitzmiller story go to next? Um, after Alpena, I went to Lake Superior State and played there for a year up in the okay. UP. And so then, what uh, was that like? Considering, I mean, were you on the club team there? Nope, no, I uh, got a scholarship to play there. Oh, really? Okay, yep. see, I. Uh, Again, this is one of the drawbacks about not keeping in touch over the last two decades is, you know, you you try to keep up with folks, but I did not know that. Okay. So you played with the, with uh, with Lake Superior State. Tell me, college hockey, the experience had to be pretty cool, at least even if only for a year. Yeah. No, it was great. Um, it was, it, you know, every time you move, it seemed like the next level up and and playing with those guys was it was jumping three levels i mean the speed and and you're playing with guys drafted guys you know they're gonna go to the show the next year or two for sure um the atmosphere was just incredible i mean it was kind of like a bigger alpina you know you were the show Mm -hmm. in town and everybody loved hockey and um man it was cool it was a ton of fun for sure okay so um how, I mean, did were you able to play the whole season, or did injuries come on, or what? What was what what was going on there? No, well, my freshman year, I played. Uh, I got in, I think seven, eight games, something like that, and then um, I ended up moving to a school, in Minnesota, St. Mary's, uh, Division three, and and finishing out, getting my degree out here. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you know what? That's if you're it's you've got to play. That's the key. You got to play. You got out on the ice. You, I mean, if you're going to just sit and not get to play much, it causes your skills to eradicate if you don't get to get in many games. So no matter what level. So, you know, the fact that you're able to go out there and play. Now, um, was it uh, – what other teams are in that league with St. Mary's? I mean, was there uh, any other schools that we know pretty good? Well, it, it's mostly uh, Minnesota-based. But um, St. Thomas, they're a pretty big name, I guess, out yeah. here. I, yep. I know that name very well. Yep. Yeah. And they were probably the big one. Um, and then there's a couple around the cities there, you know, um, um, Gus Davis and a couple not quite as well known as St. Thomas, but St. Thomas would be the big one people would know. And we, you know, we went out to Wisconsin and played a team out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we ever played Adrian. I remember hearing rumors that we were going to play against Adrian, you know, a couple of years after they started their team. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think we ever did. Now, did you guys play Northland in Wisconsin? No, they were. Um, we played River Falls and uh, University of Wisconsin Superior. But not Northland. Okay. All right. No, that's still that's still pretty good hockey. If you're playing, uh, you know, Superior, Wisconsin Superior, don't 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 put that down for a minute. Uh, now, uh, when you finished uh, school there, what'd you get your degree in? Uh, environmental biology. Okay. Now I'm going to take a real big risk here, a big shot in the dark. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess the reason that you're in Minnesota is maybe you met somebody. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that uh, when I went to school. What, out there. what, what a crazy guess. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me about that. Tell me, how did you meet, um, meet the missus? I'm at school there at St. Mary's. Um, 
she was a grade above me and and i had a good buddy that i was playing with there was actually dating his sister at the time and introduced us um and i guess the rest is history we moved around a little bit uh after college lived in indiana and tennessee while i was working and then started having kids and and wanted to get back up north by one family or the other so we ended up here back by her family and and definitely love it out here it's beautiful Ooh, them winters though got to be tough aren't they yeah yeah there's uh no shortage of snow and ice but uh it's good fishing Ooh, okay there you go that's now you're that's something that you're that attracted you too um now uh now how many kids do you have uh currently three and then uh august will be number four come august oh <laughs> Well, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Now, uh, do, you have, do you have any boys? Two boys, yep. Okay, so are you, uh, have you thought about the idea of maybe perhaps uh, coaching? Maybe um, if they want to, you know, take up the game themselves? Oh, yeah, definitely. So my oldest is seven, and uh, he's playing mites now, so I've been helping out coaching with them. And – oh man it brings back a ton of memories and i think you know i didn't do a lot of skating after i got out of school it was work and trying to fish and hunt whenever you could and now um this has given me a an excuse to get back on the ice a little bit more it's been a ton of fun when i was gonna say prior to this when was the last time you were on the ice was it in college yeah i think so other than maybe a, a frozen lake here or there wow Still, uh, still feel the, um, the, I don't know, I guess the, the fire, uh, do you still feel the, uh, anything when you, when you hit the ice on skates? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was weird cause I took so much time off and then, um, getting back on the ice, it's like all of a sudden that passion comes back and you think you're over it, but you're definitely not. What was that like for you when you finished playing there at St. Mary's and, you you realize your competitive days were done uh did that was that an adjustment or was was something really hard to do it was um but honestly at the time you know my senior year um i only played half a season i was out with knee i had knee surgery and um it was kind of like kind of ready ready to figure something else out to do so it was which kind of stinks, but at the same time, it made it a little bit easier. You know, you didn't think about it for, for a little while, but every time you do, you know, you just like this, you get those memories back, and, and man, could have kept going. It would have been nice. Oh, hey, that, we all feel that way. Uh, but I, I just, I mean, I'm just glad you got to, though. You know what I mean? You, you, got, to, you got to get a taste of it, what it was like to play uh hockey in places where it mattered whether it was alpina whether it was toledo whether it was you know lake superior state or yes even saint mary's because it was important and helped develop you you know so i think that you know it and the fact that you met your wife there hello (laughs) you know (laughs) that that alone that in and of it by itself alone is worth everything you went through everything so you can't you can't deny that one so uh, absolutely just, i'm just saying that make sure you tell her that it's good brownie points <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh but, but anyhow so uh so now ben uh just a couple more questions here before we're done um number one uh what would the ben Kitzmiller of today knowing what you know knowing what you experienced, what would you say to the 17 or 18 year old Ben Kitzmiller? What advice would you give that younger version of you? Oh man. Um, Hockey wise or life wise? All the above. (laughs) Hockey wise. I'd tell him to work on his hands, but, uh, (laughs) You know, life-wise, I think just enjoy it while you got it. Um, Looking back, those are some of the best memories you could have. You know, you felt like you were pushed to grow up fast at the time, but not not everybody gets to enjoy that. So 
soak it in, you know, don't always look for, for what's next, but just appreciate where you're at at the time for sure. Okay. And, um, well, I guess the last thing I'll ask you is, um, what would you like to say to Cherokee nation? Uh, the team is, uh, carrying on now with Kenny Miller at the helm, him and Todd Omi and, uh, and Nick signs, and they are the, uh, coaching staff there now. And they, they listen to this just like, uh, other folks that uh, from your era, from before your era, from after your era, the fan base, there's plenty of folks that listen to this, and I'm grateful for that. But uh, if there's anything you'd want to say to them. Um, yeah, you know, similar. Appreciate it while you're there. It's some of the best, some of the best hockey you'll ever uh, play, and it's some of the best friends you'll make at the time, so take pride in that team you're playing for because there's a lot of people out there that, that uh, wore that crest and, and take a lot of pride in it too and are behind you. Amen to that. That's very, very true. Well, Ben, it seems like it was only 10 minutes ago we started this. I know we had some some glitches here with this thing, but uh, hey, we uh, were able to knock it out and my gosh, it, like I said, it, it you you made it so easy because you aren't afraid to talk so it's i know you weren't always the most talkative guy as far <laughs> as off the ice i'm sure on the ice that's a whole different world but uh off the ice i know you weren't necessarily the most chatty kathy that uh, we ever had in a tc uniform but i appreciate you doing this i mean it, it like i said it's great to catch up with you and i'm so glad that uh you and your family are doing all right and you know, I, that's like I always say, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care what your business card says. long as you're healthy, happy, living and loving, that's the most important thing that is that there is, you know. So I'm just glad that you're doing those. So, um, you know, uh, again, uh, I hope we talked before then, but best of luck here with uh, healthy and happy baby number four. Um, are you going to find out what uh, the sex of the baby before birth or are you going to wait till the baby's born? No, we, uh, we're going to find out. I, uh, my wife likes to plan and, and decorate. So we got a, plus we got a bedroom situation. We got to figure out now things are getting tighter. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so bunk, bu uh, bed, bunk beds won't do. Okay. <laughs> I understand. I understand that all, you know, so, um, I, uh, like I said, I wish you all the best and pray for a healthy and happy baby regardless uh, whether it's going to be a hockey player, a figure skater, or maybe just a, 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 a bookworm. I don't care. Just as long as that person, that baby is healthy and happy, that's all that matters. So and I know you'll love that one just as much as you do your other three. So, Ben, thanks, man. Appreciate this. Oh, I appreciate it, Mick. Uh, thanks for reaching out. Yep, you bet. Thank you. God bless and take care. Um, well, that's going to do it here as, uh, again, thanks to Ben Kitzmiller for taking the time to spend with us here today, here, uh, on the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget whenever you want to know when a new uh, episode drops, just subscribe, whichever platform you use to consume your podcasts. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe, put in Cherokee Rewind, and every time a new episode drops, it will notify you. So, uh, for Ben, I'm Mick. And all I can say is, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.